And okay. Go. Welcome to Black Girl from Eugene. I'm Aisha Elliott, <laughs> and I'm joined here today with Happy, hair artist in pursuit of inclusion. So introduce yourselves individually. Me first. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Hello, everyone. Oh, I got this one. <laughs> I'm like talking here. Talk there. My name is Cherie, and um, I am a hairstylist here at Happy Hair Artists in Pursuit of Inclusion. We're actually here in the salon. Um, at okay, Happy so Hair just Studio. introduce yourself. <laughs> <laughs> just, just your name. Just your name. We're gonna. My get name is Cherie. <laughs> Okay. That's our Leo. I know. Uh, I know. And she shines like a Leo, too. Yeah, I mean. Girl, I was just trying to say hello. We're going to get your moment. Okay? We're going to do it. But we need to get through introductions first. <laughs> I appreciate you and I love you. Okay? Next. <laughs> Amber Hernandez. I also am a hairstylist here at Happy. I guess you should have started playing music. Like, at the Oscars. <laughs> <laughs> oh Wrap, wrap it up. <laughs> okay, I'm like, what? Ma'am, I need, you to, I need you to focus. Hi, I'm Kathy <laughs> Chambers. <laughs> I'm a hair artist. Can I just tell you how much your personality just showed up? <laughs> The personalities just showed up so clearly. You have no idea <laughs> in that little introduction. Oh my god! Okay, so I wanted to. I'm going to give you all the all the time to introduce the the, <laughs> the shop. And you've all been no, you've never been on my show, and you've never I, been on my no, show. No, we you, did. We did one. I was at, in the background. <laughs> yeah, right. We did one. Uh, at the other salon one time. Yeah, we Okay, that's right. You guys were doing my hair and everything. That's right. Okay. So, um, let me do some talking first. So, um, I have not been... It's been one month exactly since... Or more, a little bit more. Since I've been live on my podcast or recorded on my podcast or seen in public. <laughs> um, my mother passed away July 9th and it has been... It has taken everything in my body to try to show up for work try to show up for my podcast, and I just couldn't do it until now. And to be very honest, I didn't want to do it now. Um, I just knew I had to get back at some point, and I was just beyond thrilled that the girls of Happy would debut my comeback um, with me so I wouldn't have to really do this alone. Um, I didn't know what I would do by myself because I obviously have not been trying to get guests, and I've, like you know, kind of not done any of that. And um, so I want to first say thank you for everyone who did not leave me. <laughs> um, right? Um, my Patreon, I like, I had like a bunch of Patreons and now I have like not like a bunch of people left. And I, and I understand because they're paying to hear from me and I was like, sorry, mom died, gotta go. Like, and I just have not showed up. Yes, but there's some, something called compassion too. I mean, there's that, there's that. And then there's some people who are like, this is my dollar. You know what I mean? There's that too. And it's, you know, whatever. I, I'm not going to say anything. $5 it is I've lost a bunch of Patreon, so I'm super sorry that I couldn't come, but I'm really not sorry at the same time. I just, I, I just, I'm not, like I am and I'm not, like I'm sorry I couldn't do the service, but I'm super not sorry for taking the time for myself and my family, so that's just how that went. Um, so it's been rough, and I'm going to try to get back into it. I'm just being really honest with y'all right now. It's just not my priority to, what is it? To, it, okay, it's like to hold space for people. Like this work requires holding space. Yes, and it takes energy. It takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of love and compassion. And I have all of those things, but the capacity is a lot less. Yeah. You know what I mean? 
for how much I have to hold for people. And I'm generally talking to ignorant white people and ignorant meaning not informed. You know what I mean? Not necessarily in my podcast because this is my space. I say whatever I want here. But like as I work, I'm working with people who are trying to learn a skill set that requires a lot of interpersonal dynamics. And that's my, that's where I go to. I'm talking interpersonal. Even when I'm talking to directors and CEOs, I'm like, how do you show up? So that means I have to have capacity for what they show up with. And it's just not as big (laughs) when I'm thinking about my mother. And my mother, I don't, I want everyone to know because I love her so much. We were super close. Like her, she has six kids. Um, and we were extremely close. All, she was extremely close to each of us individually. Like we had our own thing. And all of us are struggling to just find ourselves in the world without our bestie. You know what I mean? And um, so one day they're here and one day they're not. What, really, well, you know. That's what I struggled with. Is, no, what I struggled with when I lost my mother was my world was upside down. Everyone else was fine. That is, you know, when she first passed away, I was like, how is everyone just going about their business? Like something, the whole world just stopped and they don't even know. They're just like going to the store, talking about their hair. And I was just like, it was the same. Yeah, everything was the same. It was the same except for this huge space, you know, that you you just can't replace. No, it was really, it was wild. Um, And my mother, we found out she had cancer exactly six weeks before she died. So she died like that quickly and she um it was like to the point where one moment she was fine like sitting up and the next moment she couldn't sit up the next moment she couldn't dress herself and she, it was like super quick i don't even think it, i think it went faster than she anticipated you know what i mean um luckily she had kind of like prepped us for this like not her not cancer because we don't even have cancer in our family but prepped her for, for losing her and she was 80 years old so we all have all of her children are adults with kids um, so we all have had like a full life with her, right. but so we were all like, she'd always talk about like when she died, she hand wrote what she wanted. Um, she told us where she wanted like her rings from her grandmother to her to go. Like she wrote it all. We did a celebration of life. She wrote what she wanted, like the music she wanted. Like she had everything. She was ready. Ready. But that was like two years ago that she wrote that. Mm-hmm. Right. And so we, of course, as children, she's telling us how she's feeling. And we're going, oh, we'll get you to the doctor. We'll get you more food. We'll get you more. And like in hindsight, it was like, I think she was trying to tell us like, this is not going well. You know what I mean? Um, but you never think it's going to go six weeks. And then by the time she was in hospice care at home, we, it was such a divine, like the way it all, the way it all turned out. It's like her, her daughters were with her and uh, one of my daughters, the, her namesake, Barbara was with me. And then her, one of her oldest one of her daughter's oldest children was there, and then um, another daughter. It was all girls, right? And we were, it was all women, and we were caring for her in a way that we all intuitively felt that she needed, and we were all like a well-oiled machine without talking. Like, it was really... And so, but the thing is, is that we had very hands-on care for her. So I was... Give, we were all giving her, medi- her morphine and her medication and, you know... All the way till, you know, I'm the one who had to confirm that she wasn't breathing. Like, we were, like, right in it. So it wasn't like, oh, mom passed away, and now it's like, oh, what happened? Like, we were, we were with her when she left. We were with her till she could recognize us, till she couldn't recognize us, till she wasn't talking, until she passed. Like, it was very intimately involved. And so because of that, and it was just, like, so quick, um, and then we went straight to the celebration of life. I haven't had a moment. Like, I haven't had a moment to, like, digest. 
it pops up when I'm by myself, you know? The other day I was like, my daughter moved out and me and my mom were like talking about my daughter moving out for like the year and a half and we were gonna be so proud when she was actually ready. And so when she actually moved out, I was like, oh, I gotta call mom. And I was like, oh, I can't call mom. And that was a moment where I was like, it just, obviously I know she passed, but it was like that reflex, you know? And so um, it was just, that kind of stuff is com- comes up. And so it takes, it takes a certain energy out of you to show up for other people when you've got so much to show up for yourself. Yeah, all of that energy, that's, that's what you, you have to use your energy to get through the day. Yes, and so this is a, something that I, I know it's like a weird how I'm like morphing this into it, but I wanted to say thank you to everyone who has supported me. I've gotten flowers and cards and, and um, Grubhub. <laughs> I've gotten all of these, this love that's come from like all different directions, you know what I mean? And it's super, super sweet and I appreciate it. just pillows and, and, and just text messages and it has helped getting through knowing that I'm not like floating through the world by myself. Right. Um, but, I, but I know this is like a weird transition into what we were going to talk about, but I was thinking about like the vulnerability part and we were talking about how black women can not show up angry and um, was it you that were saying that the, yeah, the photographer, um, and I was thinking about it like, I, the when I first found out my mom had passed, I don't know what, it, not found out, when I, when she passed, and I, the next day, I mean, two days later, it was Sunday, and I was like, oh, I'm going to do a podcast, and it was just like a, I'm going to try to do one, and I got on, and I was like, whoo, like, I was just crying and crying and crying, and I was like, yeah, this is not going to work, sorry, and so, <laughs> so then I just like, like, I clicked it off, and and that was it. Like, I hadn't been back in touch with anyone since then. And um, I just thought about how I felt like the vulner- I didn't want to bring people down with my vulnerability, right? right? Or my sadness or, like, how I had to process it. And everything, everything around me has been, like, you need to reevaluate what you're sh- how you're showing up. And you need to reevaluate, like, what it is, what to teach what you've been through. Like, you've been through so much, and I've been, girl, y'all, if I tell you everything that I have been through that is, like, kind of tragic and kind of just, like, wow, and then you go, like, how did you come out and how do you still talk to people? Like, it would be, it's, it's a book. Like, it's a book. And my life is just like that, but everything has been telling me, teach your trauma. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, you've been through trauma, mm-hmm. you're healed, and you, what'd you say? When's the book coming out? Oh, girl, look. <laughs> <laughs> I'm writing it every day. <laughs> Like this one sad page, but no, no, but like, so yeah, so basically, like, um, I, I really am, um, trying to figure out how to morph Black Girl from Eugene into, I mean, it's already real, like, I talk about my real stuff, but I always talk about what people like really want to watch, and, and that's the trauma. Like, they want to hear about what we're going to talk about today. Right. They want to hear the, the bleeding. They want to see the body on the ground. They want, you know what I'm saying? Right. But they don't want to talk about, like, what it took for this person we're going to talk about to heal from that. Mm-hmm. Or what it's taking me to, like, show up and do these things. And the, the thing drama. about... People love People love the drama. People love the drama. It's always a form of drama. I mean, I love drama. I, I mean, I, I've got all the reality Give TV. me some reality. <laughs> I'm, I'm a whole I'm problem with reality I can't TV. I not watch that shit. My whole life is... Yeah, you're... You do not need it. Girl, me too. I don't... Okay, so first of all, when I'm watching those TV, I'm going... Okay, someone needs to tell her. Like, I, I like, try to help them. You know, I, I can't... Because I'm diagnosing. TV, oh, I love like, it. It's, I love it. I love it. I love it. 
See, and this is the thing. <laughs> this is the thing. Like every week, I want to make it like racially, and I want to make it diversity, and I want to make it inclusion like re- like relevant. But at the same time, I think I'm coming from a white perspective of what is actually relevant to mm-hmm. to understanding that work. Right. And to uh, to start with trauma is a white cultured and white supremacist culture dominant perspective. So if you listen to black women, right? Like I always say, the, lower, the lowest common denominator of, of resourced and appreciated and celebrated mm-hmm. black women, right? So if you start with black women and wonder how you show up like this, right? Like how you show up after tragedy and you show up kind and you show up full and you show up with capacity for other people, how do you do that? So you need to be able to, if you really want to know how to get past this, right? And I say this meaning like name something, <laughs> right? If you really want to get past it, Talk to black women who have, because we have done it all. You know what I mean? Talk to women of color. At the very lowest, we have gone through to the top and show up fierce and beautiful and loving right. through trauma and tragedy mm-hmm. all the time. So trauma and tragedy, as we're talking about, what you guys really want to hear, <laughs> the, tra- the trauma and tragedy um, that we're talking about is a, um, a young girl, how old is she? She's 25. Is she 25? Young okay, woman. for some reason I thought she was younger than that. But just probably well, because she's, she's just so school, cute. she's in school, but she's getting her master's. Okay, yeah. So y'all want to tell the story? Oh my gosh. Oh, who's a good storyteller? I'm not. But I feel like you're closest to the situation. I, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I just, I got a text from her just saying that she had to um, take her hair out. Okay, this wait, first. We need yeah. to back Right. <laughs> See, I told you the back it up. Okay, let me start it. Okay, let me start it. Okay, let me start it. Did I tell you I'm gonna have to like? But then we tried to tell her to cut it short, and now she's cutting stuff out. I'm a whole pop. Okay, I either talk too much or I don't talk enough, or my feelings look bad. So let me let me tell let me start it off. Let me start it off. There is a client here that is a black woman. First of all, we need to say that she's a black woman who is not from the Pacific Northwest. She is not from Oregon. I think that's very relevant to say because, as I said over and over and over again in my, on my podcast, black folks from here and black folks in, that have lived here long enough, we are built different. Mm-hmm. And that to say, there's a level of racism that we deal with. Right. And that we accept. Yeah, and I'm that not we, from here, but you, six years in... And you, you just learn. You just learn how to you be like, okay, it. that's not one thing that you deal you with. Can't, you can't, you can't let it all, in. all the time. You yeah. can't let it get to you. It's like in and out, in and out. And she's a year in. And she's a year in. And not only is she a year in, which, which oh is... Oh my gosh, I forget she's only I don't even think she's a yeah. full year in. She moved here no. during COVID, too. Yeah. She did. I don't think she's a full year she's because full we year met during Martin Luther King, right? I think she got here That was January. Of last year. So it's... Yeah, it's true. Okay, so... The thing about where she came from is she came from a place that's robustly black. And so she came from a place where uh, affluent black folks are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, college is expectation. And not only just a bachelor's degree, but a master's and PhD is, is pretty much the common conversation. Right. Um, group, co- collective group work is also a common mm-hmm. um, expectation. And black excellence is not something that is exceptional. It is just is what it is. It's it, it is what it, yeah. It's expected and it's it's celebrated and supported from elementary school on up, right? So she's coming from a place like that to here, 
And we've talked about how much, like we just said, we literally just said how much racism you have to get used to to just be here. Mm -hmm. So this beautiful person shows up um, again to the U of O for her master's degree. And she decided, because she was, uh, she just said that she wanted a challenge. Didn't know it was going to be a challenge like this, Mm -hmm. right? Didn't realize this kind of racism and just whole culturally ignorance actually still existed. She thought it was something from the past, mm-hmm. but lo and behold, Oregon, right? Mm-hmm. So, um, so she's here and that's when I first met her, the conversation. So she goes to Cassie, who is an excellent, excellent uh, hair artist that does uh, braids, cornrows, locks, all kinds of... I do some things. Yeah, she does some things, right? Protective and, styles. Protect, I was just going to say protective styles. And, and so... Uh, they met through having her hair done. Now, when I said that, it's very important to understand. Protective styles, black specific hairstyles um, in Oregon are not necessarily recognizable by the greater population. So, Great. we'll start the story there. Well, I just love how people pick and choose because you're going to see lots of white people with locks, locks coming You're going to see lots of right. appropriation. Right? Okay, the locks. Bro, are we the same though? Like, I don't know what that is. <laughs> when I look at that, that's not this. No. <laughs> you know no. what I'm saying? No. That ain't, I don't, they try. Look, I had a, I had a, a moment in, in Hawaii when I was there visiting my sister and there was a place where you get your hair braided and all the girls who had their, on the pictures, they were like little girls, all in cornrows, all lily white. And I just took a picture of it and I was like, we just can't have nothing. <laughs> Hawaii, and there's not even a Hawaiian up here. Like, there's not even a brown-skinned nobody on this thing, let alone a black person with the with cornrows in their hair. We couldn't. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was saying that loud too. I was just shaking my head like we can't have nothing. I was saying that loud. <laughs> there were people just walking by like, okay, sorry, go ahead. Let's no. Well, so I just I got a text from her, and she I mean, just done her hair. You know, like I want to say like a week maybe before. It was, it, it was gorgeous. We did gorgeous. like. Braids with Actually, added swish, hair. Swish. Yeah, the swish, 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 swish. Um, this. <laughs> this one. Um, okay, so we had, we had done some braids. We did some crisscrosses and some, like, with added hair back. And it was really beautiful. And, um, I mean, it took a while. Not to mention, like, it took time, too. It took yeah. time. Like, she paid for it. It was professional. The added like, hair. We, it was added hair. And that was the whole thing. She was... <laughs> UPS man, they messed up on our hair or we had to improvise. Like she put so much effort into getting this style. And then that's something too. Like black that's something that I think white people don't understand is black people take their hair really seriously. Like it is important. This mm-hmm. this specific woman, like, she goes out of her way to schedule her appointments. Mm-hmm. She no, booked on, out through February, right? Based now. on what is going on in her life. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. she like And she talks to somebody who goes to the warehouse to go get her hair. Like that person is involved too. Like, right. like this is a community effort. And this it's is historically not just her showing up for appointment. Right, exactly. This is historically something in the black community that is not questioned. Like having actually from a very young age being presentable, but having your hair be a part of who you are, represents right. you, yes. represents where you've been, represents where you're going. It's extremely it's important. It's a whole nother connection to our spirituality that is not, when people think, think vanity, that's not where we're at. That's mm-hmm. a Eurocentric connection to your hair. Black folks are not thinking vanity. 
when it's when it comes to presenting our hair in a way that makes us feel connected and so it's it's very i mean having your grandmother do your hair or having your mother do your hair when you're little having family members who love you putting the oil in your hair and brushing and combing it before you get to take it it's a part of the culture before then you get to go to the salon and then the salon they hand you off to someone they trust but it's not something that is just willy-nilly like oh i just think i want some locks like it's not like that you know so anyway um and, and white folks not understanding the cultural uh, depth of our hair, um, I think, allows some of this ignorance to, flour- to flourish for us not to expect them to know, mm-hmm. right? But then again, it goes back to I'm not teaching you. But if something like this happens, I, I already said like, I want to talk to her because I wanted her to have a re- I wanted her to say something. But you can't like put that on everyone else. People right. are wounding her mm-hmm. and harming her, and then she gets to walk away with that scar. Right, and this is a child, twenty-five years old, a young woman. Mm-hmm. I'm forty-four years old. That's my baby. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. And so I look. I'm like, where? What? Ha- what I said? I was right. like, where right. was this? Yeah, what yeah, happened? She was ready to go. I was Do like, she said her work was well, fine. But Amber was like, where does she work at? <laughs> <laughs> when are we going now? <laughs> yeah. yeah. like, yeah. I was like, I got time. Okay. <laughs> okay. Is it's not the people that she works with. No, the people right. that she worked with had her back, she said. Right, so sorry, Cassie, we keep. We're like, okay, we're Tell the story. Tell the story. Tell the story. Oh, Hi, George. Right. Um, we're helping. Well, okay. <laughs> this is why I have tangents. I forget what I was talking about. I'm going to blame it on y'all. Um, <laughs> you said you were talking about how her style was, was intricate it was and beautiful. it was beautiful. Yeah. And, there were people and it took a lot of effort. effort. Mm-hmm. You know, That's she had to get hair. hair from all these other people. Listen. Oh, yes. Oh, you said I thought you meant a week later, like I told the story. Anyway, so. (laughs) So, a couple weeks later, a week later, I get a text message from her, um, and she just said that she had to take her hair out, um, that she had people at her place of employment coming through. um, She was pressured to take her hair out. Yeah, she, yes, right. yes, yeah. Well, she, nobody told her to take a hair, but yes, I mean, yeah, she was not, it was, it, it, it didn't feel like she left feeling good. Mm-hmm. And then she went out into the world and she went out to, into Eugene, Oregon, and she was told she had jail braids and she was told she looked unkept and she was told just all these really horrible things about something that she spent time doing. This is, she put uh, energy in. Well, I was just going to say, can we stop you right there? many hours? Can we stop? <laughs> because people wake up and Eugene roll out the bed. Hello. What, what is unkept? These are the people, these are people in their sweatpants at the drive-thru. Like, like, who dare you? At the drive but with some sweatpants at the drive-thru, mm-hmm. and you got anything like, to say. Right. But can we talk about, un- I mean, I just want to talk about unkept. Unkept. What the fuck does that yeah. mean? What is that? What's that? What is that? I don't like uh, that word. Are, what are you saying to a, a woman? I'm sorry, white girls get to wear fucking uh, messy buns yeah. is like the thing. That's the thing. Please tell me that doesn't look unkept. Isn't that like, it's, it's, isn't that the purpose is to look right. like a damn bone? Right. Like, I'm just wondering because you're, you're pulling extra hair out the front and it's like wild and it's all to the side and it's not, I mean, it's not cute, but I mean, I get it. It's a look, but why aren't they unkept? Like, right. is that, so I don't even know. 
Was that like a was that like a slide because she was at work and they were like she's unkept at work. Okay, anyway, it doesn't matter. Good. It doesn't Keep matter. Talking. It Keep was talking. not. Keep it was, it, yeah, it was not the thing to say. No. So I mean, you know, we had to book new. You know, we're booking new appointments and you know, gonna try. We made it right. You know, as best we could. But it's just you know, it's more money. Like she's spending money on these things. Like she's putting energy into this, and then the community that she's just barely dipping her toe into and trying to honestly trying to like show up that's, and make a positive impact in she's trying to make a positive impact in this community and the community is is not showing up the same way like and so i want to say the where she works is not in a place that i mean it's in a place that has folks who have money mm-hmm. that area is not a pl- an area that that people are broke those folks have money they own their homes they are expect you know that's that's the population the that's out there taxes are highest in that area yes yes and personally <laughs> in that area the nose up the problem with the yeah. nose up is real right yeah. and if y'all ever know what eugene looks like you it's like 10 minutes from one side of town to the next so we right. got proximities of different like levels of privilege mm-hmm. and they're all privilege but there's insect they're in different oh, yeah, categories of privilege yeah. right so this privilege is very nose up right. very like i'll buy my kids way into college like very right. much that mm-hmm. and so they're show, she's showing up authentically as herself with her hair in an expensive and beautiful hairstyle beautiful intricate well done hairstyle that is anything but unkept that is her own right why and that's i mean that is the thing to me is i'm like we're talking about somebody's essentially we're talking about somebody's care for themselves this is a protective style she's literally protecting her hair in a style she finds beautiful we're talking about somebody's personal choices for their body and somebody else feels like they have the right to say anything about that so this is the thing now this might be do they do they even that's the problem is they don't consider that what they're saying, what's coming out of their mouth, is even offensive. It's the problem. No, it's because they believe they have the right, right. to tell they black women right. how to show up. You see what I'm saying? But my thing is this. We have laws and we have different you know, coordinates in the city to protect people who have mental, right, mental health issues, to protect people who, ha- who want to show up on our doorstep naked and, and you know, sell us flowers because they have the right to, cho- to show their bodies, right? Mm-hmm. They, we have all of these different, like, civil, and I'm air quoting, civil rights protections around people's way to show up authentically here. Now, you have a black woman who's being assaulted mm-hmm. for her hairstyle mm-hmm. at work. So much so that she doesn't feel comfortable to wear her hair in a certain way because of the reaction that she's getting from people in this town. That but was the most heartbreaking sort of part of this entire story to me is that this woman exudes confidence. Mm-hmm. And she is she a is bright, so beautiful light. You cannot help but just fall in love with her. She is... Mm-hmm. And to think about her feeling any less than... Right. Or to think about her at one point being so confident and being like, Yes, right. I look so bomb. And then to see her be in a situation where she's now second-guessing that, almost like this 
where you like realize you're naked the shame right. is like yeah it, that to me is just I, it breaks my heart see that that part is the abuse that created black girl from eugene you see what i'm saying luckily at 25 there is a sense of who she is there but the, she's still young enough to be damaged in a way that would make her take her hair out right, right? um and at 44 I, I I can look back and be like I would have done the same thing because I don't want to be picked on and abused and and, and ostracized and isolated. Right. So I'm just gonna do what you want me to do so I can just get through my day. Right. That's the wrong answer, right? And the thing is, is that it's the answer that that comes through pain, and that's the answer that that keeps her uh, comfortable. And it's not comfort; mm -hmm. it just is stopping the abuse, mm -hmm. right? And so. The truth of the matter is, is that I know the, the narrative is that the way she worked had her back, but no, they did not. Mm -hmm. yeah. No, they did not, right? Having her back would have been any discriminatory comments through this window will have your order canceled and you dismissed yes. from our property. Absolutely. Right? That would have been having her back, Absolutely. right? Right. We will not tolerate conversation about the appearance of our employees or how they choose to show up for work. We have decided they are acceptable and we, we support them and love them and blah, blah. If you have a problem with it, order is canceled and you may go on. That's, right. That is having her back. We don't need your business here. We don't need your business here, yeah. right? So this is what I'm saying. We need to have a higher standard right. for what, and I'm air quoting, allyship looks like mm -hmm. and, and, and the protection of our people shows up how you can show up at the line because we are compromising by by doing the whole eugene well it's not that bad thing mm -hmm. we have to not do that it's not that bad because it is that bad she mm -hmm. spent money twice right mm -hmm. she had to take it all out and, and she had to get a style that back again and wasn't, then it wasn't considered jail braids jail braids jail braids and you know i mean i can't imagine because you know i get petty I mean, I'm trying to be better because I'm too old <laughs> to be acting like that at a window. But I would be like, you know, don't get me started. Like, I already thought about like three different things I could say about white folks' hair that just is unkind. <laughs> okay? And I'm just thinking, at 25, I may not have been able to, fi to fire that back because the right. shock would have hit my chest. Right, because she, again, not, not from, from here. here. Not from here. <laughs> not from here. Have never experienced anything like that. To say, to have that being said to you, and for me, like, when someone said, oh, jailhouse, I, don't, I was like, um, it didn't hit me like that, so I was like, oh, that's not even a really bad thing. Mm -hmm. But to consider, I mean, okay, so let me tell a little story. I have, I, I lived in Texas for like 10 years, of uh, some formative years, and I had a friend of mine, and we're still friends to this day. Now, she was raised in Texas. Everyone was talking about the South being so racist. Now, she was raised in Texas, and I was telling her about when I was in fourth grade, and I was living over there off West 18th, and I got spit on by some grown men while I was staying at a bus stop. They came by in a red pickup truck and spit beer all over me. Oh my God. And I was telling her about it, and she was like, the look on her face was just like, oh, like she couldn't believe. And now I was telling her about how it was called the N-word, and the teacher just told me, like, you know, don't worry about it. It's, it's not your problem or something like that, and it sat me down. And I'm over here looking at the person like I'm going to kill him, and then I got in trouble because I was uh, – I was, inciting violence <laughs> and I was like in first grade you know but they were right because that's exactly what I was thinking about violence <laughs> but but I got in trouble you know what I'm saying so 
so the thing is, I was telling her about this, and this is a woman who is black, um, beautiful chocolate brown skin, and, um, and she had never in her life, and she's 12 years older than me. At the time I was telling her this, I think I was like 20 something, and she was like, I have never in my life until this day have been called out of my name as an N-word. Or as any, she was, I don't understand what you're even telling me. She is raised in Houston, Texas. She's raised in the yeah. South. She had never heard wow. the N-word thrown at her in any way. And I was like, what? What do you mean? And she was like, yeah, and she was just like, girl, that's not normal. Like, and I was like, well, it's not normal. I mean, I, re- I duh, like, I know it's racist, but like, it happens. You don't have that happen in the South. And she was like, no. And she was like angry that I was even like almost defending that it could possibly right. be normal, right. right? And this is, of course, I was much younger. So I was like, I was in that conversation with her trying to like make it normal. That's the kind of brain fuck that happens right. when you live in a place like this. This is not normal. And so having the small little effort to say we're inclusive and you can't write a sign that says, don't put our employees in your mouth. Right. <laughs> I don't want to hear right. it. Right. You got to go if that's the way it's going to be. That's not the first sign that comes up on your, on your uh, drive through I don't understand what we're talking about mm-hmm. here. We've got to do a much better job of looking at these white folks and being like, what you're doing is not enough. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, I don't know. And so for our friend who was assaulted by all, <laughs> who was assaulted by all of these people, um, and it was more than one person, right? Yeah. She said multiple, multiple comments. Multiple people. Multiple comments. Yeah. But, I mean, she, she works in a very, like... In a space where she sees a lot of guests yeah. Yeah. through the day. So multiple, multiple comments just from multiple people. So these multiple a-holes, yeah. different, not related, had the audacity, the audacity to open up their mouth and say something about the way she looked. Have you ever, have you ever, have you ever do done that? Have you ever You done should that? be afraid to, this is the thing that, like, it makes me crazy because there are no, like you're saying, there's no repercussion. There's the establishment isn't being like, nope, sorry, this you don't get this today. Go somewhere else to get your mm-hmm. could your, you do your imagine business. Sitting no. at a restaurant and being like, excuse me, my waitress's hair is like I don't like the way she did it today. Could you like I don't want her no, serving me? Not feeling it. Who does like like Let's not even take the race out of it. Who in the hell does that? I don't, and that's what I'm saying. Is like I would never, especially like yes, I comment on these two appearances all the time, (laughs) but these are my best. (laughs) These are my best friends. Like people that I do, like a complete stranger. Even if I think something, I would never say it to their face. I mean, if I see something and I'm like, "Mm, that don't look. I'm thinking that don't look good. I would never go up and be like. "Mm." That doesn't look good. Because you don't, you don't feel like you have ownership over other people's bodies and the and way that they're going to. It's fucking rude. Besides the rude, you don't have ownership. No. You don't get to tell people what they, what they look like. Like That's their decision. But and they why do. You, They've I, been raised in a society where they do. They do get to dictate they, what, you, what you look like, what, you they do, do. what is professional, what is not professional, what is kept and unkept they, they get to decide all the shit so so how do we like they in have that, some entitlement well how do we in that moment like as we're talking about like i'm always talking because now you know i do all these consultations and i'm always talking to these businesses in that instance you know and i realize where she works as a 
a bigger place. Right. But um, I believe they're individually owned, aren't they? I don't know. Okay. Maybe so, franchise? Maybe know. franchise. I don't know yeah, I don't know. I, I'm hoping it was reported that, you know, that their employee was unsafe in that area. Yeah. Um, because I need to see more action, direct action, right? And the risk that those corporations are taking is so no, like so nil, right? Mm -hmm. To just stand up because the money that they make from our community mm -hmm. is hand over fist, like whoa, right? And so the image may not be that, but the money is black and brown folks. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So when we're insisting that, when we don't insist that they prioritize even where their money comes from. What are we complying to? White supremacist culture, we're complying to it, yeah. right? Because we like the imagery too. Even if the imagery doesn't reflect who we are, we still want whatever we're getting from them the way they give it to us. It's our money driving that company and they're not protecting our children who are working there. It's really disgusting and I, I feel like I feel like I wish Black Unity was still protesting. So I'd be like, y'all, look, we got a location. <laughs> <laughs> we need to do a setup. You know what I'm saying? Set up shop. Set up shop. <laughs> sit there. You know what I mean? That's how I feel because what else can we do? Like I started this talking about my mother and talking about vulnerability. And we talked, you, you were saying before we even got on, um, you were mentioning a photographer who was taking pictures. No, tell, tell a story. Um, I was working with a local photographer and the idea of the shoot was to shoot everyday people off the street, all colors, all sizes, all ages. Um, and I noticed that when he shot black folks, he, I don't know if he was being mindful of it or not, but mm -hmm. I noticed it that he didn't want to portray them in a way that looked angry. Mm -hmm. He only wanted them to exuberate joy and, or confusion or frustration, you know, like right. everybody else, he was like, scream, get mad. I mm -hmm. want to see all of the range of emotions. But I noticed when he was shooting the black folks, it was mostly, uh, in one instance, particular, this black man that he was like, he just is very positive. I just only want to get that from him. Mm -hmm. And I appreciated it. Um, not because we don't all have the right to be angry, but mm -hmm. that I don't even know if he knew it in that moment that the way that they are like that people are portrayed in on a print media or anything yeah. is going to play into these ideas that are already ingrained in you. So the jailhouse braids, the, you know, being an angry black woman yeah. or all of these things that you're not allowed to be, even though everybody else gets to be them. So right. it, I, I noticed it and I appreciated it from him. I don't know if he, if, if that, that was, was running through really his doing. mind or not, but <clears throat> it just made me think like, wow. <laughs> See, and this is the thing. I think that is cute <laughs> because and I say cute because it's the right thing to do in terms of feeding media right. and image mm -hmm. because like we started this podcast saying, podcast saying everyone wants the drama. They don't want the joy, right? Because if you're already happy, then what can I do? Like I need to be the center of your story and the center of your, your glow up, right? White folks need to be the center of you being better. So if you're, you're already good, where do I fit in, right? right? And that's real. That centership is, is the, like a central driving point of white supremacist culture. Like they need to be at the center of it. So my thing is this, and it's harder, is that... How about radical acceptance of who I am as a whole person? 
right? So if I show up angry, then I'm not catering to your fear of my face, right? right? But, but if we, how do we change that narrative so, so drastically that they have to accept it? See, because we're still contorting. For their, it's, for such their a, it's such a mind fuck, really. We're like, still contorting. Like, it's such a mind fuck because... I see where Amber's coming from. Yeah, absolutely. Like, the pictures that I, like, we intentionally put in here are yeah. all, like, right. what we should be seeing black people portrayed yeah. as. Like, there's a picture up here with a black man and his baby on his shoulders yeah. because we don't see black men portrayed like that. Mm -hmm. But black men do everyday things like that, right. you know? But at the same time, it's like, when do we say... No, it's okay for black people to be angry. Like, why can't right. black people be angry and we see them be angry and it not be their whole existence? Right, right. right. And so, I wonder if black we are like being complacent in a way, you yeah. know, by saying like, okay, well, let's go out of our way to make sure that like the only images that we see of us are happy and mm -hmm. of us celebrating <clears throat> excellence. And but then it's like it's also like, well, wait we're also fixing ourselves for somebody. We're being a certain way because yeah. we don't want them to think of we're us only this way. Yeah. Right. We're catering still to that exactly. narrative. And so my thing, like, in the black still community... There's awareness that has It's to be. just, like, it's a mind... It's a mindfuck. Well, why can't... This is, like, perhaps... And I know I understand this very well. It's the same reason why black folks aren't getting vaccines. Like, we protect ourselves in a way that is, that's greater than the, the outer society because outer society dictates our lives and takes us from the center of who we are and tries to change us into what we are not. Um, and some of us survive it and some of us don't, right? Our, to protect our family unit is something we've been doing since we've been dragged over here right. from Central America, from Africa, from all over. We've been dragged. We've been trying to protect what we... To keep our center, right? Our traditions, our our true joy and love has been in the house. Like, we don't let it outside. You know that whole, this is what we do in our house. I think my kids just don't. We don't, we don't let, we don't, what we do in our house is in our house. We don't do that out there, right? That's, right. For, for, that's protection. Yes. So the joy that we have, like, you're, oh, black fathers, with the, that ain't nothing new in the black exactly. community. Like, we know. But so we have to go out of our way to show, like, I feel like, why but do, do we? I have to? Exactly. But do, do we? I? Yeah. But, I have been so you, brainwashed. You shouldn't have to do the work to correct something that you didn't create. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like that's what I'm saying. It was it created it show was up. on purpose to demonize people to but it be able to lock people up. So protection, right? Mm -hmm. Like you said, protection. I feel like we have to protect our black community. Of course we do, and we do. It's real. And, it's real. And the things that I like, I that I'm complacent about, and shouldn't be. Like, I feel like if I don't do these things, like, I, I'm not, I'm not being protective. I'm not, like, I'm probably not doing a good job of explaining this. No, you but. are. I, but my whole point is that as we show up authentically, yes. like our friend did, and white folks want to act as if they are not racist, their role in her, in her inclusion, in their inclusion, is to protect her authenticity. Right. She doesn't have to explain herself. So what, she, what they have to do in order to be inclusive is say exactly that. Right. Excuse me. She doesn't have to explain herself. Mm -hmm. She's mad today. You don't need to know why. Yeah. Treat her with respect. Mm -hmm. right. That's what they need to do. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Instead of her having to change her hair and try to make everyone else feel more comfortable so there's not enough issues going on and she doesn't want to bring any negative uh, comments and blah, blah, blah. Yes, she does. Mm -hmm. Because if, if her showing up 100% brings that shit, then that per the place that she needs to work needs to handle that. Right. You, right. you see what I'm saying? Yeah. And the pressure that we need to put on 
It's the courage it takes for us to show up authentically in the first place. Yes, it takes so like people. Girl, the first time I wore an that. afro, yes, you have no idea how I was like. Look, girl, you look good. You look good. Right. Fuck these people. You look good. <laughs> right? And then I'm like, go to work. You look good. I wore my hair in an afro to work maybe twice because I got touched. Yes. I got oogled. I got yes. this. And I was like, got that. Oh yeah. A client touched my hair, and I, all day I could feel his hand in my, in my hair. It was, so, I mean, his. but I, I also, yes, his. I also knew that where I worked did, did not have an inclusive mindset oh, to, yeah, to help me be authentic anyway, right? I was showing up as authentically as me as I could, and I knew I was pushing against the grain by doing that. Right. That's what you got to understand what level of racism we're at. Just to show up with her hair that she spent good money on, right. that was artistic. It wasn't inter- it, the intricacies of it, it were. It was art. It was art yeah. on her head, and generally it will be when and you're getting hair like that. Yeah. So you come through, and, and that's what the problem is. And also, like the cult, they don't know the cultural significance of cornrows. Like they don't know where the cornrows come from, the importance of a cornrow. Baby, they don't care. They don't care. It's the fact that she's black and they not and she's not it's doing what they want her to do. I don't want to see it. I don't want to see you be you. Mm-hmm. I want I want to see you do what I'm asking you to do. Right. It's just trifling. Like the fact that like how dare you call a cornrow a jailbreak. Yeah. Like whoa. Like, <laughs> those whoa. braids led a lot of us You're, to freedom in the Underground Railroad. Look, you know? like how fucking dare you? If I was there Y'all, look, how quickly could I have gotten over all the places to get to that window? <laughs> to get to that window. Like, excuse me? Excuse me? What did you say? I, no, I mean, honestly, like, we have to have a different standard for these piddly-ass people yes. who are showing up whack. I mean, racist is one thing, but just bad form. Like, you know, you are just rude. Like, you're gross. Like, I wouldn't... You are not a if I human being you're not you're not even working on a human being level for me to talk now you want me to talk to you like you're a human being right right after you just assaulted somebody and and as if you have ownership over her body and how she shows up see people don't want to like address this like like rape culture they don't want to address it like assault like like actual assault they don't want to do that because of the ownership of black bodies but that it's equivalent it's the equivalent. She went home feeling gross. Yes. She went home feeling violated. Yes. You know what I mean? Looking at herself being like, what did I do? That's the same thing. I showed up and by the way I looked, I got assaulted and I have to then change my position and I have to come smaller. Right. What's the difference? What's the difference? The difference is race. It's a black woman having to do that. Mm-hmm. And, the, and therefore, you know, maybe you can just straighten your hair. You know, relaxers are still for sale. Yeah. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like maybe you can just like get Eurocentric with it. You know what I mean? So I, I have a radical like because I'm older and I have a lot less to to lose in terms of what you think you're gonna tell me about my life, mm-hmm. right? I have been through too much for some piddly whack person. <laughs> period. Piddly. You know what I'm saying? Diggly. You know what I'm saying? Just whack. Like it's gonna tell me about myself. Right? Because, we, oh, you, oh, you want to do that? Let me put my purse down. We, we about to make this go one-on-one. Let's go back and let's do this. Right? And the thing about it is, is that that same woman I told you about who was like clutching, clutching her pearls when I was telling her I was called an N-word and spit on, 
the black woman, she told me a long time ago, I love her so much. Shout out to Parrish. I love you. <laughs> okay. Um, anyway, so she, I remember I used to, I was such a hothead when I was younger. Like, I would fight. I'm like, I will. I will find I you know. after work. I don't know anybody else. <laughs> I don't know. What? I know. But I used to be like that. And when she, when I was younger, and she would always be like, what are you doing? And I'd just be like, she goes, don't you dare. And she'd be like angry with me. Don't you dare let these people get you out your skin. Right. And she would tell me, she goes, you don't, you don't do what they do. Because mm-hmm. you figure out a way to tell them what they're doing and shove it down their throat without ever, ever wrinkling your blouse, right? And, and she would get on, like, she would hear my voice and she'd be like, I'm like, yes, okay, okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and then it would be, I got to the point, I got so good at it, it would just be in my eyes. Like they would know I'm saying these words and I'd just be like, I, I will slay you, like with my eyes. And then it became where they cannot move me, right? Mm-hmm. Because there's not, if I, I, if I am to be moved, I'm giving them me. Yeah. Right. And you're telling me that you don't even value the, the best of me. And how am I going to give you the worst of me? Like, I'm not right. doing any of that. I'm not with you. <laughs> We're not doing this together. We're not together on you this. You don't deserve my time or energy. Right. You're not definitely not going to get my heart rate up and my blood pressure up and all that guy. I was sweating and shit. That's how it used to be. I'd be like, oh, 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 definitely. Like, oh, oh, you want to fight? Oh, okay. They'd be like, no, I just said, oh, no, that's not what you just said. Like, I was like, you know, I would be like, you know, and so it, it was a lesson in, uh, in composure, but really it was more of a lesser, lesson in value, mm-hmm. right? And so when those people, and just like I said, those piddly people come through, you know, now something like, like that comes up, all you're going to get is my eyebrow up, coming, oh, a lesson is about to be taught, mm-hmm. right? And when it comes to seeing abuse to children or to younger adults who are showing up and in a way that they've always known, this is what is sad about this, is that she's going to come out of Oregon smaller and going to have to repair herself. Yes. To get back to the the great she was when she got here. And And that's on us, though. That's on the abuse. That's on the abusers. Mm -hmm. We can't talk about the abused. That's my whole point. Yes. The whole thing about racism, why are we always talking about us? Right. Right. The ones standing around that like had her back, like you were saying. Right. I mean, right. we had somebody walk in here the other day. Oh, and we had a comment going, this is the same. And oh I'm, my God. I'm, I'm like you in a way where I'm just like, I, I, I don't let those things go. No, and you doesn't. can lose. If somebody can lose their job over a racist comment, you can lose your hairdresser. Mm-hmm. You can lose everything. Yeah. Because we're not going to allow these comments, this behavior. Yeah. In my, that's the only way you're going to get rid of it, in my mind, is yeah. A, to teach the truth in, in school. But also, to not allow the crap to happen anymore. Right. Right. And so, we, and it was an older white woman that came in and made a comment. And we're all working. It's all uncomfortable. And I'm just like... Wait, wait. Like, no, okay, hold we on. We don't talk about the comment. <laughs> oh, okay, I, I want you to hear this comment. You can't... <laughs> this bitch walks in here. Uh-huh. I'm serious because we were like we were all doing hair, like working. We oftentimes have more people of color in here than white people. It yeah. happens very I think often. at that point you were the only white person. The only in white here. person. Yeah. This little old white woman, you know, maybe like 65, 70, walks in and off the street. For one thing, like we don't even take people off the street. Right. Like we are appointment based only. She walks in. Amber's sitting up here up front. I think she had a client processing, yeah, processing. or something. 
And she looks around talking about she needs a haircut, and then she stops. First of all, when she asked for a haircut, she goes, how much for a haircut? And I said, well, we're all different because we're all independent. Mine start at 55, yours are at 50. I think Cass is at 40 or 45. And she goes, I'll take the 41. Yeah. And I was like, okay. Oh, will you? Well, first, so that was like, that was the first interaction with her, which like, we okay, get to then, decide actually. We already <laughs> like, mm. And so then she goes, she stops, she looks around and she's like, oh, do you only do ethnic people's hair here? Mm-hmm. She said the, the ethnic. This is a the ethnic. The in front. I love the, 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 the ethnic, ethnic hair. People. You do the ethnic. Just you like only the do the ethnic people here, mm-hmm. and, and we're like, <laughs> everyone's just like quiet for a we're second. Like, okay. I was I like, think we had oh, to like everything fine because <laughs> we all okay. knew, like, okay, well, we're professionals. We have to keep it professional. Right. Like, you're also <laughs> shocked because it's like you shouldn't be shocked because we hear shit like this all the time. But mm-hmm. when it happens, it's like. Fuck. And I know these girls. Mm-hmm. And I'm probably the, like, I am the least confrontational. Mm-hmm. I'm probably the one that's going to be like, okay. I said something like, well, we do all hair here. That was my first response. Yeah. yeah. And I knew these girls, and I'm like, oh, shit. It's going to get, like, someone's going to say something. <laughs> right. It's going to be someone. Right. Because like, there's already blood dripping on her, biting her tongue already. Yes. She's, let, she's let too much time go by. <laughs> there was hardly any time we that went by. <laughs> it was like, uh, actually. It felt like all the time in the world. Yeah. Because I was, like, I'm in the middle of doing hair, and I'm so fucking mad. Like, I'm right. boiling. Because it's, like, this lean, at least fucking, like, little woman. Yeah, yeah. That has no I idea. I was braiding. Yeah. Yeah. And Amber, <laughs> Amber, I'll let you tell your story. She's oh. the only one. That, she was the one that, like, actually corrected it. Yeah. She did what an ally should do. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> well, everybody has an ethnicity. And she goes, well, you know. And I go, no. Like, what? You're, what, Polish? English? <laughs> There you go. That's an ethnicity, right? Yeah. And she goes, oh, yeah, well, I guess so. And I said, yep, we do all hair, all people, all textures. That's all it. Ethnicity. That was and the right answer. That yes. was the right answer. That was the right answer. And, she, and then she walked yeah. out. She and left. She okay. Out. And then she left. Yeah. But I did not she, say it. I feel like in that process, too. I mean, that's that like the... that she was wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, no one has ever corrected her like that, though. Right. It no has to happen. No one has ever corrected her like that. Look, it has to happen. I, I do advising for a nonprofit, and we were talking about culturally responsive care or culturally matched care. And I say, well, culture, what do you mean by culture? Because, mm-hmm. you know, sign language has a culture. Right. Rural living is a culture. If you're saying, you know, ethnic culture, are you saying religious culture? Are you saying whatever? So someone as ignorant to say uh, you do ethnic care and not understand ethnicity does not have anything to do with just black, right? right? Or just right. African or just Caribbean. Or just, because right. that's ethnic, what I'm saying. We're allowing it to people. happen. Yes, mm-hmm. even with us black people, like, it's ethnic ugly. hair is like that's something that we say mm-hmm. and it took us doing this class that we offer teaching black hair to sit back and say why are we calling why are we calling this hair ethnic mm-hmm. like why is black people's hair ethnic mm-hmm. like, that makes no or sense or urban I, you <laughs> know, like, why? Yeah. why are we doing this <laughs> and it was us like we need to as a community as a whole people like step back and say why like why mm-hmm. are we why are we doing this why is this the way that we have chosen to do things mm-hmm. because it's not it's not right mm-hmm. we just, just talk about it just talk just about talk it, about it. But, that's, that, but that was the right answer because yeah. white became white through financial power and economics and yes. now if you're going to talk about that and bring that in and then talk about ethnicity. Okay, well, exactly. Well, what are you? What the fuck is mm-hmm. ethnic hair? What What, what are you? Are you Polish? Are you English? Yeah. Are you, where are you coming from? Yeah. Yeah. I have super ethnic hair. I'm super Swedish. Yeah. <laughs> Which means what? Thinner? Mm-hmm. Why, but we know what that looks right. like when you, you say I am yeah. right. 
And so if I say, you know, I'm mixed and you go with what, right? And then I say Japanese and I don't know. We'll talk about the Irish. <laughs> don't that one don't talk about the I know, y'all. I think I'm really Irish and it's kind of hilarious. Um, I, <laughs> I, I'm like, now I'm like looking at Cassie like, you guys have to bring that up. <laughs> has to do like extra magic work to make it dread because right. it's, it's, it's the Irish, Irish coming out of me and I'm like who is this Irish dude like I know they're there it's got it's got to be a dude right I'm like who's the Irish dude <laughs> it's got to be a guy right but I do know like the more somebody, somebody right so I look at my um I even when I look at my like like as we my all my family's getting like this genetic stuff worked out you know those those what are they, 23 and me's and blah, blah. Yeah. And we have a way more Irish than any of us would like to talk about. Like, first of all, we thought my grandpa was half Italian. Ain't no Italian. That's got to be Irish, right? Mm-hmm. Because we have so much. Everyone, it's like not 10%. It's like 23. Like, it's a lot, right? <laughs> so we're all, or like more. And so some of us have more than that. And I haven't done mine because I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> it's all 37. I don't want to know. <laughs> it's going to be like 42. It just feels like you're like, well, then, like, who is it? Like, who? I don't know these people in my family. And, right. and it, was it like a rape situation? Or was it like a, were they married? Like, why don't we know him? Like, or like him. It's always that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> but that's my whole thing. It's like, in my mind, that's the part that knowing what my true ethnicity is. Not my mm-hmm. race, because we all know race is crap, right? Mm-hmm. It's just a social construct. And so when I'm looking at my ethnicity, it, it feels like... It, it just brings up race. It brings up the cultural damage that, the, and the ethnic, ethnic damage that has happened because it's like, who, is this, who are these people? Like, right? Like, when, when and where did they show up in our family and why aren't they, you know, robustly showing up now? <laughs> you know what I mean? And there's a story that's tragic between all of that. And so that's my reason for not wanting to really know because it's going to make me go down a, a pigeon, like a, a what's it, what they call it, a rabbit hole, yeah. of, yeah. of something I know is... It also is playing into the whole white ideology that I need to quantify what is in my blood in order to be enough for you to right. consider, like, especially in my case, being Native and Mexican, it's like, oh, I'm not enough for my blood. I'm like... I have to prove to you that I know I'm this percentage yeah. in order for you to actually consider me to be an indigenous woman. Right. No. Exactly. And this is who? Who is who is quantifying this? It's not other see this and this is the whole thing. Like when I look at black folks and and we're talking about colorism, and this is another conversation altogether, but it's that same conversation we're having right now is, you know, at whose standard are you are you sticking by? That's white supremacist culture to believe that because I'm as light as I am and you are as chocolatey as you are, that for some reason there is a value difference between us. The value difference was thrown upon us from them trying to sell us. That has nothing to do with my value to you and your value to me, right? But yet we carry that on. And but more to the point is that we still carry it on for them to tell us what our value is. And that is my whole point. I wish our friend um, healing power, but more than that, I wish for her to feel like she has enough backing 
from our community right. that if she were to stand up for her right, we would right be to be inclusive, we, we would be there. Gotcha. Wish I, had this. Wish I, had this. I mean, with the first thing, like, girl, I, like, anytime I have any type of racist, like, in <laughs> yeah. These girls, like, I had, a, I had a thing at Home Depot when we were opening the They're like, send Amber. Amber, go now. A whole home, like, uh, an interaction with this I woman had a lot, I got a hold of, like, the... These girls, like, I was just made to feel like a mad black woman. Right. And I called, I was, like, I was so worked up. I was mad, and I called them anytime I'm worked up, especially Cassie, because I know she's going to calm me down. Right. Amber's just going to be like, let's go. Right. <laughs> right. Let's go, let's fight. Amber, so. Amber will hype you up. But... I called like it the was Home so Depot. Refreshing <laughs> yeah. For them to care. They they went way further than I ever would have went. Right. You know? Right. Like, she called the store manager. I called right. the other store manager. She, she found pulled out, out my Karen card. I, I my hair got stuck yes, so fast. <laughs> if you have any Karen I had energy, a like whole this, this is the time it needs to come out. Like white people. Like right. if you have Karen energy, like this is when you bring the Karen energy. Right. Out. Like to Use defend your black friends. Mm-hmm. Right. And yeah. that's exactly what she did. Like right. she got on the phone. I was on the phone the with the manager at the other store. Like the other Home Depot store. Like, I don't know what you need to do, but you need to go get your friends. <laughs> go get them and make it right. Yeah. And they this did. Is not like, I mean, I don't they know did. if they, I they mean, tried. They tried. Yeah. Right. And right. it wasn't, but for, for me as a black woman, they try because they don't want to be up in the fucking news. But that was racist. Well, right. the employees that I spoke to said that they were so mortified. <laughs> they walked in. She walked in. They're like, Amber? <laughs> they knew exactly who. When I walked in, because I looked heated, and they were like, You're you Amber, right? Been. I was like, Yes. Um, but <laughs> they so were hard. more concerned about the way that they were going to be portrayed as a company because Home Depot is already owned by mm-hmm. a racist, yeah, white, Trump-supporting Trump man. Mm-hmm. And so they were like, we don't want the employees. They didn't want to be under that umbrella. And mm-hmm. so they were like, who, you know, who dealt with Shree? They wanted to distance themselves and try to make it You know it what? Right. It was and another old-ass white woman is what it was. <laughs> That's what I was just going to say. Like, I'm starting to see like the type of pattern. She needed to go. She was an old ass. But why were y'all at Home Depot at all? Because we were trying to go with this goddamn place. But what about Lowe's? Lowe's is not Trump loving and or Jerry's. I don't think Jerry's. I mean, Jerry's. Jerry's, I don't know. Well, yeah, we stopped going to Home Depot. Yeah. I don't even know. I don't know where the first one. Girls, I do not do this. Talking about Home Depot. Home Depot. Judge for shopping at Home Depot. <laughs> <laughs> Better head to Jerry's. That's all. That's it. I always, as long as Jerry's watches their back too. I'm, I'm always at Lowe's, and Lowe's know how to act. Look, I I just bought a new car. Did y'all check my whip? Did y'all just bought a new car? And um and I and so when I was there, I was very I was very aware of the angry black woman thing because I had to trade in my fairly new car because it had broken down and the second time. And I had to bring it in to the same place that I had bought it from. I bought it, it only had like 18,000 miles on it. And it, I had 65,000 miles when I traded it in, but it had broken down twice. So that's like, yeah, and I've only had it for four years. So I was like, okay, look, look, I love Nissans and I love my Altima, but it broke down. I bought a new car, like basically 18,000 miles, basically a new car. Uh, so my, when my daughter drove it, it wouldn't break down, right? Mm-hmm. And so, um, I, I came in there as a black woman, and this is what I'm trying to say to y'all, 
I knew what I had to do to deal with them, right? I knew even though they had wronged me that I had to come with all my receipts and all my, and all my this is how you go, this is what you've done to me and that's why I'm right in being, feeling the way I feel and this is why you have, if you are anybody worth talking to and doing business with, We'll, and they don't know who I am, you know, in terms of black girl from Eugene, because I will talk about you. So, so this thing was like, I didn't say that, but I knew what I was coming to. I knew what I had to do in order to be heard right. as a black woman there. And I had all my receipts laid out. So I was like, let me, let me appeal to your, to your comfortability and sensibility. Mm-hmm. You know, if you had a daughter, if blah, 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 and then the new car, you know, you know, you know. And so they were like, oh, I totally understand. By the time I was done, I was like, no, it, by the time I was done, I didn't have to get angry about the interaction going back and forth. Um, <laughs> there was more to the story, but there was some things happening between where I could have been angry, but I had to maintain my cool because I knew for one minute, if I would have pulled black angry out, mm-hmm. right? I would have lost my exactly. my edge, right. right? I had to do what they needed me to yes. do to hear me so I could get my car. Now, I'm paying more for my car than I paid for my last car, but I got thousands of dollars off of this car, right? It's brand new. I got it with six miles on it, right? So when I, when I got in my car and they're like, are you happy? I'm like, I'm sure I will be. <laughs> Meaning that like... Just because you gave me what I asked you for doesn't mean I'm satisfied. You did the right. least that you could do. Yes, right. right? I came prepared. You did the least to give that you, you my could money. do. Right. That's right. Mm-hmm. And then I had to pay more money because I wanted something that you guys didn't even have. I should have walked my ass out of here, but I knew I had the leverage, right? I knew I had the other car that they sold me, blah, blah. So, but the thing is, I had to work that. And it was all about race. It was nothing about my car. It was nothing about the money. It was, girl, my credit score is beautiful. Yes. My money is on point. Like we, that wasn't the problem. Yet I'm having to have a discussion with you, right? Yet I'm having to like go back and forth with you. If someone walked in with the credit score that I have and the money that I came in with, you would be like, here's this, here's that. Here, what can I do for car. you? Yes. Right. Catering to you. No, but I knew. And when I came, it's exactly what I expected. Right. This is what I meant at the beginning of the podcast. You want to know how to get through a quarantine and still not hate everyone who's around you. You want to know how to be at work uh, with coworkers who aren't quite, you know, on your same page. You want to know how to survive, you know, uh, relationships and and uh, just the world and the life. Talk to black and brown women, okay? We're the we we know how to work from tragedy and and come out on the other end full and whole. But in that space. I would love to request that we work harder, us as black and brown women and supporters of black and brown women work harder on, on making, creating, demanding space for authenticity. Because right. inclusion, that's how inclusion works. Mm-hmm. So if I'm having a vulnerable time and, and I got to take a month off, right, or I got to shed a tear or I have to go to therapy, you know, I'm going to need the folks who know me to be like, well, what the hell else would you do? Exactly. Right. If you, if you lost this or you did that or something happened what to you, what you. do you we expect? Said, you need to take your time. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, I'm not talking about me particularly. I'm just, I am. But at the same time, I'm talking about black and brown women collectively, right. period. It needs, it needs to be accepted. It needs to be accepted and not more than accepted. It needs to be demanded and mm-hmm. protected. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? 
So when we see each other trying to go to therapy and people giving, oh, why she got to go to therapy? Because she's vulnerable. She's hurting. She needs to do it. Ain't nothing wrong with her going, I'm giving her a ride tomorrow. She needs to go more. Like we need to be able to protect the vulnerability and the livelihood of black and brown women in particular, men as well. Mm-hmm. We can have that conversation <laughs> later. <laughs> right now, we're talking about the ladies, okay? So um, anyway, we it's been an hour. So didn't I say I wanted to make it shorter? I was like, we got to make this shorter. Every time, okay, what had happened was... This is short for me. Girl, we've been on here for like two hours. I know. Sheree, this is like your fourth time being on my show, right? Yeah. She's like, I'm a, I'm a regular. I'm a regular. Um, so a frequent visitor. A frequent visitor. I want to say, okay, first of all, before I wrap up, do you guys have anything else you want to add to what we were saying or anything like that? I mean, I had one thought. Go. Um, but, you know me, I'm going to overthink all. Listen. Go. Stop talking. Just say it. Okay. The only thing that I was going to say is like, you, you're saying like, talk to black and brown women, but I also feel like... Don't ask people to replay their traumas for your... Absolutely. Yeah. Right. No, and what I meant by right. talk to black and brown women is let us lead. Yes. Right. Right. <laughs> Step out of the way. Listen. Listen. Right. Listen. 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 That's what I should call anybody. That's what I should call... Can I change the episode? Listen. I should just call it Listen. Listen. Okay? Because that's the truth. We've got to answer. Don't be. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I I just was like that. I was like, oh. But I like your white sensibility because they probably heard it that way and that's not what I meant. And I know that you know that I knew that. So I like that you said something. Okay. Okay. Look. So I. We're back. So, y'all, I'm so sorry. I literally cut off the recording and then I had to. Talk to like hit it back on and we did it and it was a little bit of a miracle okay so sorry y'all um everyone on facebook witnessing that <laughs> the chaos um anyway so i appreciate you i know i appreciate you making that clarification because it's very true that do not ask black folks to help you with this but what i'm saying is to allow listen. Li- yeah listen okay listen when we uh, say give we the- need something like that's what we need right like don't think that like we, we said something and then go and like twist right. it in your own way and you know. We have the solution. Yes. Yeah, and you need to be able to hear the solution. And excuse me, you need to be able to take that solution and make it happen in in the way that we're saying it happened. Or you know what, you don't have to do anything. You could just step aside and let us do it. But that is what needs to happen in order for us to be able to oh, well. to help ourselves and ultimately help you so and the business and the money and society <laughs> and the whole community you know what i'm saying like this the community and the society and society i'm telling you we have the answer right you know what i mean we really 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 do so um okay so anyway <sighs> that's my first podcast back y'all yeah. we made it it's wild it's wild you did it I did it. Um, yeah, I did it. And so this was weird. This was great. It's probably a big, it's a big obstacle. Uh, it's a huge obstacle and it, it feels very uncomfortable. Like it feels very comfortable with you guys. Like I'm, I'm having a, obviously a very good time. Um, it feels really uncomfortable because, you know, my mom and I'm going to dedicate, like, I'm trying to figure out how to, like, in a really kind of fun way, dedicate, like, every single show to her. But, like, the reason why is because she was my, and I said this on another video, she was my very first Patreon. 
right? And she's always like, my dad comes on, I think, and if people were making comments, y'all, we were not looking at them. So I'm going to actually turn off the audio and then we're going to go to the, to the Facebook. But um, yeah, so basically um, my mom, when I hang up and I get done with this audio and I, and I do all the work I need to do, I call my mom and my dad, call me and we talk for like two, three hours about my show. And they, my mom would tell me what she thought and about my outfit and like whatever. And so not having her be here is a big gap in the production of the podcast. And I thought it would be easy just to get on and talk. But knowing that I have now an audience that has an expectation of me, um, it's kind of goes back to what we were talking about. Um, sorry, y'all, I'm not going to be doing exactly what you're expecting. I'm going to do what the podcast was originally for, was for me. And so you will learn from me if you choose to follow me. You will learn from me if you choose to support me, um, which I would love for you to do. But I'm, I can't authentically try to think about what it is they want to hear anymore. Like I'm going to go back to what it is I'm going to show you. <laughs> so, you know what I mean? And you will learn from it. And it will not be you know, so different that it will be hard to understand. It'll just be me. So, um, yay. Okay, cool. So, uh, oh, you're looking at comments that way. That's mm-hmm. interesting. Okay. So, I know. I'm going to go through the comments. No, I'm going to go through the comments here. And so, for, hold on, y'all. For right now, I want to tell everybody on audio thank you so much for following me. Thank you so much. Um, my Patreon will be in show notes. Uh, I'm if sorry. you choose to support me, $5. I love, I love thick chicks. Who's this? Who's this man? Do you know him? Who's this? Commented on our Penny. video. I don't know who that is. Well, he loves thick chicks. Yeah. So, well, so anyway, let me finish this audio. So thank you guys. Uh, this has been Black Girl from Eugene, and I will show up next week. There are going to be some changes. I might do this biweekly. I might do this later in the day. I'm just trying to think about how it fits for me a little bit. I'd love to hear anyone's comments about whether you give a damn, whether it's like in the morning or not. I was on the radio at 11 that's why i did this at 11 but personally sunday morning yes 10 30 is me still waking up so i don't like, mm-hmm. i don't like to be here this early right i'd rather have it a little bit later even so i would love to have anyone's comments who feel like i could do a different time what's a better time like i would love suggestions um is it better that i do it every week or does it matter if i do it every two weeks um you know that kind of thing like i'm just kind of trying to make it work for me and uh i love the podcast i will probably get on and just talk and do my thing to, until I get my groove back. I mean, honestly, right. um, <clears throat> the groove has been disrupted. <laughs> so that's just real talk. So stick with me. Like I said, um, you won't come away without learning a little something, something. Mm-hmm. So anyway, everyone have a wonderful week. This has been Black Girl from Eugene, and I will catch you next week. Bye. 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 <laughs>